Hey, profitable creators. I'm Molly Kaiser, and I went from being an art school dropout with just 81 cents to my name to building an online education business, helping thousands of creative business owners around the world. Each week, I have the honor of interviewing six-figure entrepreneurs about what's working best for them right now, the biggest lessons they've learned, and their top tangible takeaways you can put into place for your business. This is the Profitable Creator Podcast. Hey, Profitable Creators, Molly here. Today, I am here with Amber Aziza. She is the founder and CEO of AAE Corporation, which houses multiple subsidiaries, has made it her life's work to provide innovative organizations with expert solutions. Through her company, AAE Corporation, Amber and her team serve clients all around the world from startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises. So welcome, Amber. Thanks for having me. Yay. So I'm super excited to learn more about your story. So like, where where did you start and how did you get to this giant corporation uh, that you are the founder of today? Yeah, so uh, giant is very kind. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I started in corporate as a nine to fiver, uh, worked my way up from being an intern in organizational development uh, into being an executive in organizational development, which is really just the people side of the business. And from there, I decided I could probably build my own. I could build my own business. I know what I'm doing. I've been at the seat of the table. I see what's going on behind the scenes. And so from there, I was able to build two very large multi-million dollar organizations and was able to sell those books of businesses and decided to kind of do it again. Like see if we can recreate the magic again, which was really fun. And <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And so um with AE we we've built it to focus on the employee engagement side of business. So helping um, organizations understand uh, how to reduce their turnover, how to increase their profits from the people side of things. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as multi-generational workforce trainings. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, cool. So you just one day were like, I could do that. You know, I think every entrepreneur has that. They're like, you know what? Right. I could do this. Right. Exactly. I built a lot harder than we thought, but it's worth it. Yes. <laughs> so much harder than I thought. And all of our bosses, our ex-bosses are laughing right now. Um, right. We admit it. It's harder than we thought. Um, <laughs> awesome. So I would love to actually dive right in. So, you know, I would love to actually talk about diversity and inclusion. So there's so many businesses that, you know, it has become very more apparent as of lately that many businesses are really lacking in this department. And mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, I have plenty of room to grow, to, to add more diversity and inclusion in my business as well. So I would love to hear like from somebody who, you know, knows in their heart, like they want to do better in their business, but they don't know where they should start. And maybe it feels overwhelming to them. Mm -hmm. What do you think is like a good place for any business to start to, to improve this uh, piece of their business? Yes. I really think it, 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 it depends on the level of business that you are. So say you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur, maybe you have a small team of, of four or five. And at that point, I think the 
best place to begin is internally. Um, get real deep introspectively. Uh, determine, you know, what's needed to run a diverse aware business. Um, at this point, I, I like to say, I don't want a company to commit to, you know, I'm going to be anti-racist because at that point, they don't really know what being anti-racist is. Um, so there's a step before anti-racism, which is diverse awareness. Um, and so in the diverse awareness phase, the goal is really to understand that diversity encompasses so much more than just the color of your skin, right? It includes all identity-specific traits, which is going to be your race, ethnicity, uh, generational differences, genders, LGBTQ community, uh, socioeconomic status, upbringing, and a plethora of other elements. So people think diversity, they often think black or white. And it's like, no, it's so much more than that. Um, and I think when entrepreneurs focus on becoming more diverse aware, they're challenged to grow into a level of self-awareness um, that they may not be familiar with in order to understand the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion inside of their small businesses. So really understanding what are key moments in history towards inclusion. Um, What's the difference between tolerance and inclusion? Uh, a lot of people think that the difference between, that there is no difference between tolerance and inclusion. It's like, no, there's a huge difference. Tolerance is, I can tolerate that you're different. I can stand to serve you as a client and you're different. Versus inclusion is the actual, not only can I tolerate it, I'm going to appreciate you for your differences and I'm going to support you and back you in things that may uh, be adverse to you and your differences. So really understanding that, um, understanding what is really allyship and how to get over your own internal implicit bias. Uh, those elements are really where I would encourage any entrepreneur who's just starting the DEI work, who's just starting that inner, you know, conversation with themselves, that's where I would tell them to begin. Mm, gosh, that was such a good explanation. Um, yeah, just, just tolerating versus actually including and celebrating. Oh, I love that. That was just beautiful. So let's say somebody's listening and they're like, okay, this is all great, but like, where can I research this or read on this or learn more about this? <laughs> So I think that there is, you know, I, I caution people for being immediately drawn to the big named entrepreneurs who are suddenly like, I'm a diversity expert because being diverse does not make a diversity expert. <laughs> so that's kind of the key. Uh, but I would say start small, get a book um, that helps you really kind of work through your own um, implicit bias. So a book like White Supremacy and Me is a great book uh, by Leila Saeed. It really digs into the work that's necessary. There are allyship programs um, that people have created that have really helped you just understand uh, where other groups are coming from. Um, but I would definitely say, you know, start small, go to your bookstore, go to Amazon and just type in social justice, uh, type in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you will get a plethora of books that will support you based upon which angle you're trying to take. Are you trying to take it for being a better leader in diversity in terms of, you know, managing a diverse team? Or are you trying to support diverse clients? Or have you looked around and realized you don't have diversity in your clients? Um, all of those will help you um, determine what your first step is in, toward, in 
<laughs> what your first step is in relation to what book you need to get or what support you would receive. Awesome. That's so smart. I think looking internally and just educating yourself before, because I know myself, I always just want to like go and take action right away. But um, right. you know, I really did slow down. And I mean, for me personally, you know, I'm not saying I'm like a, an expert in this by any means, but for, for me, um, you know, I just slowed down and really tried to listen in um, for more people who knew about diversity and inclusion and just like listen in on what was missing and what there needed to be more of and and how people felt included and that's going to help you as a business owner I feel like to be able to make those better decisions so let's say somebody is I don't know somewhat educated I guess let's say and they want to take like a first step of action do you think people mm -hmm. should start within so like this is just my opinion and again I'm, I'm not an expert in this topic by any means um but I always feel like it is important to start like with your team um, mm -hmm. to make sure that you're, because what you're putting outward is not going to feel inclusive if your team also does not feel that way, or I don't know, what are your thoughts on that, Amber? Absolutely. So really, you do need to dig into your team. Once you've done the internal work, you've understood your own shortcomings and the things that you're doing really well. Now it's time to look at your team. A, is it a diverse team? Um, are you looking at your team and seeing a spectrum of backgrounds, a spectrum of genders, a spectrum of, um, of ethnicities and cultures. If not, that's that's step one. <laughs> you need to go in and, and diversify your team. Um, and the second thing I would think of is, you know, to really determine how are you supporting the DEI conversation in your team? Um, how are you helping them deal with, uh, with their own biases? Are you creating an environment that has equity and belonging? Because equity is making up for various shortcomings of, of, um, of various cultures or backgrounds based upon the um, obstacles that they're running into and adversities they're running into into society. So it's how do I help it so that everyone gets a fair shot, so to speak. So are you creating that kind of environment? Are you making those who are diverse in your team feel like they belong there? Or is it you see so many different articles popping up about different uh, work cultures, Vogue, um, Hearst, uh, you see Uber, where you see all of these people coming out and saying, this work environment was terrible for women. This work environment was awful for blacks. This work environment was discriminatory, discriminatory towards gays. And so when you have those environments, what has, ha what has happened is they built the team to be diverse, but they didn't build that diversity to give a sense of belonging. And so when you have that sense of belonging, when you add in those elements of, okay, this is how we make you feel included. This is how we make you feel as comfortable as, you know, the, the white guys that we're bringing in, right? The white women we're bringing in. Are you feeling as comfortable as, as the majority, so to speak? That's when you really have that sense of belonging. Look at wages. Are you paying people uh, that's in equity of what their skill set brings to the table? And are you noticing that there's a trend? Are the women generally making less than the men? Are the, you know, 
African-Americans or the Blacks in your business making less than other ethnicities. So looking at those trends and then saying, okay, we got to really make some adjustments. And then having trainings for your team, bring in experts. We come in all the time in organizations just to help the team understand what is diversity and where they play a role in it. And so I really tell people, don't try to tackle this yourself. Bring in experts. This is not, when you're dealing with your team, this is not the time to DIY it. This is not a, a Pinterest plan. It's time to really get some people who know what they're talking about to support you in this. Um. So. So uh, sorry. So yes, that all is just okay. Super, super helpful. And I just want to say, like, as somebody who's built teams before, you know, it's so important, guys. If you are, you know, if you have a business right now, if you're listening to this, where it's just you or it's just two people, you know, someday you are going to be growing a team. And I, I believe personally, like, it's so important to make sure that you do this from the start. Because whatever you have as your core team, like that's only going to breed and grow whatever you currently have. So if your team is like not diverse, not inclusive, none of that, like you're just going to breed more of that. And so it's just so important to do it from the beginning. And I, I, there might be like, I doubt it, giant corporations listening to my podcast, but it's probably a lot harder to, to take something that's already big, already has this culture um, and like you said, too, I, I love the part about team trainings, because mm-hmm. let's say, you know, your team looks diverse, but you're not actually teaching your managers to, you know, be inclusive um, or educate other people on how to properly do their hiring and things like that. Like I said, it's just going to grow something that you don't want. So <laughs> absolutely. The best way I describe it to our clients is think of it like a great big, massive shipping ship, a container ship. And if I start the ship going in one direction and that's the right direction, it's going to get there. But if I start it pointing it in a different direction and then I have to turn that ship around to go in the right direction, we're wasting time, we're wasting gas, we're wasting resources, we're wasting money. Same thing goes with diversity and inclusion with your team. If you start out from the beginning with a diverse mindset and how are we going to support diversity in our company, even from your very first employee, then you don't have to worry about three years, five years, 10 years down the road, having to turn and correct them. So once you're able to really establish this is the direction I need to be in, you don't have to worry about that, about making those adjustments and spending the extra money down the road because you started on the right path from day one. I love that. So now I want to, I want to dive into what I think is like the super juicy part of this okay. <laughs> from, from a marketing standpoint. I want to look at the marketing. So I've seen a lot of people do really great things um, to have better diversity and inclusion in their marketing. And I've seen mm-hmm. things that made me feel uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, since I'm getting, since I'm so lucky to, to sit down and talk with an expert in this uh, topic, I would love to ask you, I want to give you a couple examples of some marketing I've seen and just kind of get your opinion on it. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen um, where people have said, you know, look, I, I, I hear everyone, you know, my business is not diverse. It's not inclusive. It doesn't make everyone 
feel comfortable or included. And so they've, they've done things like, oh, well, we're going to have a more diverse speaking panel and we're going to, um, I don't know, just um, work on our team being more diverse and, and educating them better and, and learning internally, right? And that all feels really great to me. And then I've seen some people where all of a sudden overnight, even though, you know, they themselves have been running this big business and, you know, let's say that the owner is white and all their team is white. And then all of a sudden overnight, all their Facebook ads are stock images of black people. <laughs> I want to talk about this because I tell you, it makes, yes. me, makes me kind of like annoyed and angry. And I, I'm just curious, like, what do you think is the right way and the wrong way to approach doing this with your marketing? So here's the thing. There is a difference between becoming an ally and supporting and being anti-racist and becoming pandering, right? And so once you cross into that pandering, it, it becomes uncomfortable for everyone. Uh, so I would say the right way is A, acknowledge it. Like, okay, we haven't been doing it right. We understand, we hear you. And then come up with a plan of action. How are we going to make this better? Absolutely. You know, make that plan of action and make it known. Hey, these are the things we're going to do. Once you can identify these are the things we're going to do, the first should be, always should be bring in an expert. We're going to get training. We're all going to read this book. My team is going to uh, watch this video. We're going to do something, actual work, uh, to work on what made us so blinded to the fact that these issues were in our organizations and we didn't see them. So that's really important. People really want to see that you're doing the work. They care more to see that you're doing the work than that you threw up some stock images of black folks in your part in your marketing. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Like, it's just, it's so, it, that's when it leans into pandering. Cause it's like, come on. Like, I, like, Oh, I'm just, exactly. An actual what, you know, problem that we need to address. So what's worse is, especially with Facebook ads, it's like they don't realize we can go and look at what your Facebook ads looked at before, like looked like before. We can go and look at your history and say, no one of a color, and now all of color. Like that's that's where you've just jumped the line. You've just gone over and said, now I'm just going to pander to them. That's not real work. Real work is doing that investigative internal search of. Why didn't I see this before? Why didn't I understand this before? And then addressing it. Um, then start communicating your values and beliefs to your, to your clients and your community. So are you creating communities that are supportive of DEI? Are you having those conversations? Are you asking questions? Are you listening more than you're speaking? Um, and then from there, you can start working on creating inclusive marketing strategies. Uh, and inclusive doesn't mean just switch all over to, you know, all black or all women. Or That's not what it means. It means just mix it up. Make it more representative of how the world actually looks. I have this ad in my head where, like this person, I've seen their ads forever. And all of a sudden, every single emoji is black hands. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't what? <laughs> Anyways, so, okay, so let's say someone has, you know, really done the work, they've hired an expert, mm -hmm. they're making great progress, and they've, I, I really love what you said about, you know, really showcasing, like, that this is part of your mission with your business, and just really, like, communicating that to your community on your website, your Facebook group, mm -hmm. like, that's super important and really smart. 
But when it comes to like, let's say, I mean, do you think people really need to, hmm, how do I ask this question? So let's say, um, I know years ago on my website, I had someone contact me and they were like, look, Molly, your website, it, it's all white people. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't feel like I, I'm included or would be allowed to join your group or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's a really good point. Um, and ever since then, you know, we've, we've made sure to, to showcase, you know, all the different types of people that join our programs. Right. Right. So what do you think is the right way to go about that in, in marketing? Like, is it really, is it just, you know, working on the team and making sure that there, that there is diversity in your customers that way you can showcase that in your showcase sounds really weird, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, how do you make sure that your marketing speaks to you being inclusive and wanting to showcase diversity in your business? Absolutely. So I think that it's key to really show who it is that you want to work with as a whole, right? And that that group is heterogeneous and and expansive in the demographic that you're trying to reach. I think it's also important, though, that instead of focusing as much energy into the what do my images look like, what does my copy sound like, which are things that are important, of course, in marketing, but where are you getting your clients? understand that different cultures, different backgrounds, different folks are going to lean towards different platforms. So if you're getting most of your clients from Facebook ads, you may be missing a large group of people because you've narrowed down those Facebook ads so tight. Um, Or if you are only using a specific, um, so say for example, if you're looking for, uh, so we have a recruiting firm and when we are recruiting for different employees uh, for various organizations, we have to search different places to get diverse mixes. If we stayed on Indeed and LinkedIn like everyone else, we wouldn't get diversity. I actually, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but this is a question I wanted to ask you. So um, I just kind of want to stick here for just yeah. a little bit. Do you recommend any places to, you know, to go that are not just what you said, like LinkedIn and Indeed or whatever? Because I've noticed myself, if I only hire via like Facebook ads, i there's really no diversity in the applications that I'm receiving. So I'd love to hear about that. Right. So there are so many different boards and organizations that you can reach out to. Um, If you're looking to bring in, you know, diverse young startup talent, uh, HBCUs are the best place to start, which are historically black colleges and universities. Um, They have a whole job board dedicated just to those grads. So you can post there, you can post on Handshake, which is uh, dedicated to the LGBTQ community. You can, um, there are over 50 different job boards that you promote diversity and inclusion. Yeah, so there are just so many different options um, that you have. And I would also look at your job descriptions and determine, am I, do I have any bias in that job description? Certain wording will tell certain people that we don't want you, even unintentionally. And so, you know, go through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have someone help you uh, with building that out to make sure that you're not unintentionally excluding folks. Um, And I would also really, you know, when you're hiring team members, this is the best time to tap into your own bias. Do certain names trigger you? If you see certain names and you're like, "Mm, mm, I don't know if I want to hire them, why? 
is the first question we always ask our clients. Why? Why don't you want to hire them? Tell me about that feeling. What's making you frustrated about that? Or even on a generational level, you know, diversity taps into generations. You know, millennials as a whole will do more job hopping than someone who's a baby boomer. And even if you can't see their age, you can see this person has switched jobs three times in the last six years versus this person who's had the same job for the last 15 years. So that in itself is bias. So we have to eliminate a lot of our bias when we are doing the hiring process, just because um, our own biases will kick in and make us stay with the same job boards, use the same communication methods um, that we're used to in recruiting, have the same job descriptions, um, avoid certain names that show up on resumes, uh, or even have bias interview questions. Mm. This is why it's so important to start with that core team and to mm-hmm. do that correctly, because once we once we started growing with our business, we actually got the majority of our hires were like word of mouth, like other team members recruit <laughs> other team members. Um, mm, that's super super smart. And just one little tip that I've noticed that really worked for us with hiring was finding Facebook groups um, that are diverse, because then mm-hmm. you can post um, a job description and. I just found Facebook groups actually were like super helpful, but you have to do a lot of research and, and digging to, to find different ones. So absolutely important to post in a lot of different places. Okay, cool. So honestly, like I could talk about this topic for so much longer. Um, and thank you. I feel like you have dropped so much really important knowledge here. So if those listening could just take away one thing from this interview and go and do one thing, what would you hope for them for that to be and why? You know, I would think I would want the one thing that you take away from this to be that the work is never done when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion. I don't care who you are, what your background is, how long you've, you know, if whether you live the diverse life or whether you're an ally, it doesn't matter. The work is never fully done because there's always going to be people out there that are going to believe differently and believe that a homogeneous world is what they want. They don't want it to be diverse. Um, or at least they, it's not necessarily they don't want it to be diverse. They don't want the, those who are diverse to win, <laughs> not as well as they are. Um, and I would say as an entrepreneur, as a course creator, never allow the fear of what other people will think about your beliefs and what you stand behind to stop you from supporting those who don't have as strong of a voice as you do. I love it. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Always speak up and, and don't be afraid because yes, you may lose clients, but you'll gain so many more on the back end of those who are like, Hey, this person that you don't want. Exactly. (laughs) All money and good money. Right. Oh man, such good advice. Sorry, I get so fired up. It's like, speak up guys, like post it, say what you're thinking, you know, and it's really important to not stay quiet. So thank you so, so much, Amber. And how can we connect with you online? And um, I just want to clarify your business. So like, let's say somebody wants help um, with their hiring process and that your business can help them with that. Absolutely. So if you need help with the hiring process or just diversity, equity, and inclusion as a whole, uh, you can check us out at AE, AAEcorporation.com. You can find me personally everywhere on social media at Amber underscore Aziza. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge with us. And I'm sure we'll talk again really soon. 
Hey, Profitable Creator. Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode of the Profitable Creator Podcast. We put out new episodes every week, and if you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you'd support us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. As a thank you, we'd love to send you a free PDF on how to choose your profitable course idea for your business. Just go to ProfitableCourses.com to download. That's ProfitableCourses.com. See you next time.